0: No Bejuju, the African mythology podcast you never knew you needed. Vibes. We're no mythologists, just two young Nigerians with a relatively recent interest in African mythology and storytelling. In each episode, we'll be recounting various myths and legends across the African continent while drawing parallels
1: between them as well as mass culture today.
0: It's all vibes, right. not.
1: hey guys hey welcome to the first episode of Nobody podcast
0: mama we made it mama we made it
1: so can you hold the applause in studio audience we love you thank you <laughs> thanks very much and thank you listeners for joining us on our first episode
0: of this podcast yeah this episode is going to be centered on african creation stories but we thought we'd begin with a story of our own why did we start a podcast on african mythology well first of all um for both of us it was actually based
1: off of ignorance and um, we didn't know a lot about african history and storytelling and as people of you know that grew up in africa we, th- we kind of, you know, hold ourselves accountable, like, this, this is not really right. It's not right. you this see, seen it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we consume a lot of, you know, non-African media, like most people where uh, we watch loads of movies, series, and read books. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they're usually non-African. Yeah. Um, and
0: we don't really know much about acrometology. 100%. I know quite a bit about, you know, Greek myths, Roman myths. But the most my African mythology knowledge, honestly, it was limited to just you know Shango, yes. God of Thunder. I know Oshun. I don't even know what she's a goddess of. Like, the the knowledge was um, it just was not yeah. there. Yeah, it was not it was there. Lacking, it was so lacking. That was one of the main the main incentives yeah. for doing this.
1: So we thought we'd you know dive into our history, and I think. It was about a few years back where we were both in the same stage of, you know, trying to dive into African history. We were researching, not researching, but we are just watching YouTube videos and podcasts. And we found that it was mostly, you know, colonial history. Um, And, you know, those things are important. We're not playing the process of learning about colonial history. But after listening or reading about it, I always felt kind of like, you know, a bit down in my It's Not gonna lie. Not mm. gonna lie. It's not. It's not the most you know um, pleasant things thing to like listen to, you know colonization and stories, well, not stories colonization. Yeah. <laughs> um. But you know, so we so we thought. Okay. So what happened before that? What came before colonization? Was there who were we as people before the English came to colonize? Yeah. Uh,
0: In the in the in the in the case of Nigeria, Nigeria yeah, as you said, like there are thousands of years of history, of stories, of legends and myths, and you know, to only focus on or to primarily focus on colonial history and post colonial history, we're doing ourselves a bit of a disservice, um, I think. And so this podcast, we just wanna kind of dive into dive into that a bit, and I think one way we hope to do that is. Um, through learning a bit about these myths, these myths and legends. Yeah. Um, but we, we encountered a few difficulties, didn't we? Quite trying to start, trying to Quite start this podcast. Um, obviously, African mythology, Africa is a continent, period. Like, it's Point black the period. most diverse continent on the planet. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great.
1: <laughs> it comes, you know, it's, it's lovely that we have such, like, a rich culture to dive into. Yeah. Um, but because, like, we actually looked it up, like, even genetically, mm. where the most, um, Africa is the most jealous. diverse. Um, so, obviously, that translates into diversity of culture, of languages, you know, and it's so extensive, and that's beautiful, but then there comes a problem mm. when you're trying to you know in terms of like recording these his- these um stories you know there's so many different iterations of the same story um and it can be hard to keep track of everything you know even researching this was um a bit difficult
0: because you know yeah, it's so vast. It's so, so vast. It's so it's really, really diverse. Obviously, in Africa, as you said, we have so many um, different tribes, you know, loads of different tribes within a, even one country. And then we have loads of different countries within the continent. So, and within those... Specific tribes like they all have their own mythological pantheons. So a pantheon is like a collection of like deities. For example, Yoruba tribe in Nigeria have hundreds yeah. of gods and goddesses. So there's just there's a lot there's a lot of you know yeah. history there are a lot of stories um to be to be told and to be extracted, and um, it's
1: exciting.
0: It is. But it can also be a <laughs> it bit it over- and overwhelming. And overwhelming. <laughs> yes,
1: like when we're doing our research, you know. It got it got a bit academic.
0: It got you know we were like bit. this. This is not we don't have the range. We were <laughs> seeing all kinds of lovely rigorous texts, and honestly, we are not up to those tasks. No, we're not. So what we hope to do through this podcast is just make these stories, these myths, these legends, um, a lot more accessible, and also have fun while mm-hmm. doing it. Um, yeah, as we said, because the of African mythology is so extensive and it's so diverse, the content is limitless and where we can take this is limitless and so yeah, we're just gonna have fun with yeah, this. Yeah, we're
1: giving you the you know the spark notes, the bullet points, you know. If you like to, you know, go and look up yourself after, that's fine. But if you don't, that's also fine. You that's know it's also great You know, we all have we will have things for doing. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's not going to be rigorously academic because even we um, sometimes struggle with researching so
0: yeah and African mythology you know in itself is is pretty different from other um, uh, mythological pantheons um, in African oral cultures myths embody philosophical reflections they express values and they identify moral standards so they actually reflect a lot about um, they reflect a lot of um, the values, the things that we held dear in, in times past and they also explain a bit about why things are the way they are today. And um, like d- different gods
1: so different gods had different abilities that mm. people upheld in society. Yeah. So we think that even though it may not be like a you know letter by letter, you know translation of history, but we can actually draw, you know, stories and um, draw lessons and of, yeah. of what we found important back
0: then and what were our values back then from these stories. Yeah. While mythologies from um, other cultures are carefully preserved relics of ancient times, African myths and legends, as you said, are still meaningful parts of everyday life. Um, African myths still deal with universal themes, such as the origin of the world, fate of individual after death, and many spring from the continent's own settings, conditions and history. And so we just want we just wanted to know a yeah. bit more about who we were and through that we know a bit more about who we are. Yeah, um, or what lessons can we draw from them that we can apply to
1: ourselves right now or our culture right now. Oh,
0: just vibes. Just want to yeah, have fun. As in, just Maybe having just fun. Want to have a party. Chill, just want cruise. To, yeah, yeah. you know. Maybe it's just vibes. But, um... um
1: yeah, another difficulty that we found, or well, not difficulty, but kind of, like, an internal, like, external struggle was, you know, the generalized stigma against African... Oh, yeah. um ...traditional religion okay, and, you, you know, mythology. That's a big one. <laughs> if... Okay, I want you guys to just cast your mind back to any movie or series that you've seen that has contained anything about, like, African, you know, like, magic or mythology or, you know, everything. Just think about Just picture it. Do you think of a doll? <laughs> <laughs> Was there a guy with a red cloak? You know? Were there marks on people's faces? Was it dark? You know? And I think that tells a lot. That tells a lot that about the lot way about. it's portrayed. Yeah. Yeah, so you can tell what I'm trying to get at is that it's not news that, you know... African traditional religion is highly stigmatized in pop culture and media and just in general. And it would be hard to discuss African mythology without somehow mentioning African traditional religion. You know, a lot of these mythological figures, like Shango, are still revered by many today. And though the word myth may make it seem like these stories are fictional, I'm trying to make it clear that. Using this word does not in any way try to minimize or disrespect other people's cultures and beliefs. So I want to just set that straight.
0: We also think it's important to just kind of um, let you guys know the difference, I'm sure some of you already know, but the difference between myths and religion, there are obvious overlaps between the two, but religious is more structured, it's a more formally organized system of beliefs and practices that are centered around the worship of supernatural forces or beings. Conversely, mythology is a collection of myths, stories that belong to a specific religion or culture. So, basically, not all myths are related to a religion. Some are purely cultural. And an example of this would be the legend of Bigfoot. So, this is part of the reason why we named our podcast Nobijuju. Because, I mean, you can't deny those links, especially in African mythology, between um african myths and also traditional religion but as we said previously we just want to um kind of um highlight those stories and highlight those tales um and mean no disrespect um, i mean any way to other people's cultures or beliefs
1: Definitely.
0: um so on that note i think i think it's time you know enough enough blabbing enough, enough, blabbing. enough talking let's get to the stories let's that's what you all came for stories. that's what you came here for so without further ado we have african creation stories
1: so This first creation story is from West Africa, from Nigeria specifically. Um, it is from the Yoruba tribe, uh, which is situated mostly in the southwestern parts of Nigeria, um, although there are much smaller scattered groups that live in Benin and northern Togo. Keep in mind that um, there are multiple variations of this story, um, but this is the most popular story I found um, while I was researching. So it started off um, with the universe consisting only of the sky, the water, and the wild marshlands. And the ruler of the sky and creator of the sun was called Oloru, which you might be familiar with. Um, And the ruler of the water was Oloku, the ruler of the sea. Um, And there's another god called Obatala, who is known as the creator of humans and land on earth. And one day he just felt, we need some land. We need um, something more than just the sky and the water. So he went to Oloru and he asked for permission to make mountains, valleys, forests and fields. And Oloru granted Abatala permission to create solid land on earth, keeping in mind, this will be relevant later, that he did not ask Oloku for her permission, and that might be that will become relevant later on. So Obatala went to Orumila, which was the oldest son of Oloru, and also known as the god of prophecy. And he told Obatala that he will need a gold chain to reach from the sky to the waters below. Obatala now went and asked around for um, pieces of gold from different gods, and he was able to um, ask a ghost to fashion a chain out of all the gold that he collected, and um, he used the, the gold chain to hang from the sky, and while it hung from the sky, he was also carrying a bag that was filled with different things, so these, this, this bag was filled with sand, um, sorry, it was filled with a snail shell filled with sand, a white hen, a black cat, and a palm nut. When Obasala climbed down, he realized that the chain was not long enough, so he basically hung in the air and dumped the sand um, on the earth. Um, the theory about how hills and valleys formed was that the places that had more sand formed hills and those that had less sand were the valleys. Um, and the first place that he so he let go of the chain and when he let go, the first place I felt that he fell, which was a mountain, was called Ife. Okay. So he planted the palm nuts and that turned into a palm tree and that was supposedly where a lot of you know, crops then um, flourished from. And he kept the cats for company, but he was still quite lonely. So that's when he started to create um, clay figures in the likeness of himself. But Obatala was a bit of a serious human being and while he was was making the clay figures, he got drunk on Pam Wine. As expected. As expected. Vibes and rocks. So, obviously, when you make something where like you're drunk, it's not going be, gonna to be perfect. So. That shade. Yeah, that shade. That shade. That shade. But facts. Shade, but facts. Ooh, I
0: like but, how yeah. this
1: is going. But yeah, so obviously, imagine trying to, trying to make an art project when you are. Intoxicated, it didn't even turn out well. Unless you're Picasso. Yes, yeah, unless you're Picasso. <laughs> and that's called abstract. <laughs> <laughs> so this was an interpretation. John, I call you know, it personal interpretation. I call it intoxication. It, yes, exactly, exactly. Intoxicant. So obviously, they were deformed when they came out. They were very imperfect. And that is supposedly where a lot of imperfections in the human race <laughs> came from. And Obasala apparently is known to be the protector of the, the deformed and he vowed never to drink again after that, <laughs> which I think is wise. So the humans then, humans that he created now formed the first Yoruba village in Ife, and he returned to the sky afterwards and his his time between Ife and his home in the sky. Um, so like I said, he didn't ask for local's permission. And as expected, this made her very angry. And it was said that a great flood destroyed Abatala's kingdom. Um, and there were many people then pleaded with Ishu, Ishu, which, which was the divine messenger of the gods. Um, and um, he, they asked Ishu to plead to Olor Abatala to help them to fight Oloku and her flood. So Rimla then went to earth, which caused the waters to retreat, um, and Oloku apparently challenged Oloru to a weaving contest. Knowing that he could not beat Oloku, he devised a plan to accept the challenge without actually participating. (laughs) So he sent a chameleon to judge Oloku's skill. Every time Oloku wears a new cloth, the chameleon mimics the fabric, and from then on Oloku Oloku was defeated. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, that is... That was a lot. Yes, that
0: was a lot. That was a that lot. That was a lot. There's there's so much, there's so much to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot. Really? There's a lot. So, what did you think when you first, when you read that for the first time? What were your thoughts? I thought, I think my first, obviously,
1: you cannot... The part that come out was the fact that he was drunk when he made human beings, yeah. which honestly is,
0: is hilarious exactly. to me. But I think it's funny we, how... We just like... We like to parry. Yeah, we like to parry. We like, we like to parry when we're doing serious things. your black culture, especially, like... We are
1: very festive people. Yeah. Very celebratory, you know, people. And that's reflected here. But it's funny that that's, that's, that was, like, the people's way of trying to justify you know, perfections
0: in It's really humanity. interesting because I feel like a lot of myths, they just try and make... Myths are kind of stories that... A lot of times, they just try and make sense of current realities. Like, trying to try find a way to explain why things are the way they are. Mm. Moving further down south, the creation story I'm about to tell is from the Unguni people of South Africa. The Nguni people... The Nguni kingdoms, made up of the Zulu, Xhosa, Ndebele, and Swazi, Please forgive my pronunciations, were prominent throughout history. Most of all, the Zulu Kingdom, which was ruled by the very well known um, warrior king, Shaka Zulu, that ruled in the early 1800s. This version of the creation story is from two sources so, African Myths of Origin by Belcher and Bantu Myths and Other Tales by Jan Napert. It is a retelling from various sources, the earliest of which came from the late 1800s. Like most African creation stories, this varies from region to region, language to language. The Zulu creation story states that men were made from multicolored reeds, Uthlanga, each one giving rise to varying lines of human. In the beginning, there was a large swamp in the land to the north called Uthlanga. This swamp, in this swamp, there were many different types of reeds, um, each with its own distinct color. One morning, the sky god, please forgive me for this pronunciation, Umvelinkangi, descended from heaven and married Uhlanga. And out of Uhlanga, he broke up the different colors of reeds and made them into people. He made them in pairs, a man and woman from each individual reed. These original people were known as the Unkulunkulu, aka ancestor. Each pair became the parent of a tribe of human beings each one having its own colour. Every pair of Nkulunkulu had a different shade of brown, reflecting the skin shade range of the Zulu people. According to the Zulu creation story, people were created from these water plants, the reeds that grew from the valley with which the sky god lived in and married. And every unkulunkulu or ancestor, and the tribes that were formed as a result, had their own distinctive medicine, charms, keys, and theories to life. As we said previously, myths aim to reflect and explain our current realities. And I think one of the things this myth tries to explain is the diversity that exists between humans. And not to be corny or make this into an after-school special, but it does emphasize that though we may have different skin shades, backgrounds, and beliefs, we're all human, and that's that. As mentioned previously, there are other creation stories within the Inguni Kingdom. For the Sosa, for the Xosa, sorry, please just apologize for my pronunciations, I'm very sorry. Humans and animals came from a cave called Umplanga, And the interesting thing I found about this is that Umplanga sounds very similar to the reeds which were called Uthlanga, but it's so intriguing how that slight change in language can transform the whole story. As the Khosa, Swatsi, and Zulu were all Banti-speaking groups. They all had a lot in common, despite being distinctive tribes and with their own cultures. Among the Swazi, it was believed that Reeds, Umlanga, very similar again to Umlanga and Uthlanga, were used to make boats by the founding monarchs, who sailed across the river into into the present-day Swaziland. And so this just shows the range of stories and the diversity that exists even within a particular geographic region and that's replicated throughout the continent. Also, within the Uguni kingdom, there's another story that explains the reason behind wealth and class differences between people. Legend states that three types of men lived in the home of the creator, the Kwa, the Bantu, and the White. And as I'm assuming here that White means European slash Caucasian, the Kua was a wanderer, adventurer, and hunter of animals. The story is that he loved honeybirds so much that he would follow them into their hives and partake in their honey. With time, he couldn't come home as, well, he wouldn't come home as often, and eventually stopped coming altogether. The second type of man, the Bantu, loved cattle and would take care of them, leading them to pastures, ensuring they didn't fall sick or get eaten by lions, and actually, at the end of the day, this paid off, he inherited all the cattle as a reward. The third type of man, the white, stayed at home, studying and helping the creator. And through this conscientiousness, he basically inherited the world, specifically the secrets of the world. And it is believed that this is why whites in SA are much wealthier than the Bantu and the Kwa. Um, So, yeah, very interesting and creative example of how myths are used to somehow, you know, make sense of current realities. Yeah, it's interesting. interesting.
1: Even even now, like, we are constantly trying to make sense of the world around us. You know, even more so. Even more so. Even Even though, like, we we have more, you know, um, definite religions now, you know, Christianity, Islam, all those things. Like, even in our own personal ways, we continually try and, like, make sense of what's going on around us. So. They they just they use stories. Mm-hmm. They use their stories to be able to, yeah, make sense of it.
0: Make sense of that. Yeah, I thought it was just really like, f- interesting how like the Qua guy just, yeah, that that's get um, anything. yeah, 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 get anything, yeah, that, that you European
1: know? influence. I'm wondering. Um, when that story was so whether it was yeah. pre-colonial or um, post-colonial that actually makes me think about yeah. that
0: because you think about when when did the Europeans first land in Africa so you're thinking like 15th 16th century so this story must be pretty you know must be pretty recent because um, I mean the first records of. Fact, you guys can fact check me if I'm wrong, but the first records of like Europeans occupying um South Africa maybe like eighteen late eighteenth early nineteenth century. So this origin story must have you know sprouted yeah. pretty recently. And I, as I, as we have just said, I think it's just a way to explain why, mm-hmm. why those um disparities existed. I was interesting how like um
1: it's, kind of like the the the, the whites is superior to like the other um other like yeah, counterparts a as a, well that's a, that's tough. that's a tough thing. and the, 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 they're trying to like justify okay yeah, why is that, he superior that, and, like, yeah. i think it shows that they really they see knowledge as like a kind of like a, a like a very high and in a very high regard no you know no. like knowledge is you know the way to
0: attain you know most things in life that's that's Basically, how they see knowledge. That's really interesting, also, because as you know, in the Zulu creation story, which um, it mentioned how like each unkul, please guys, forgive me, I'm butchering this word, unkulung, unkulunkulu, but um, had his own like specific medicine, and the medicine medicines were seen as like a secret charm to life. So I think, you know, obviously medicine, there's a lot of knowledge that comes with, um, you know, knowing what drugs to use, what medicines to mm-hmm. use. So I think it's that's pretty much in line with what you've said. Like, knowledge was very highly valued, and knowing the secrets of life, knowing the secrets of the land was something that was really appreciated. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny how people try and, you know, these days... Um, due to some of the associations with um traditional African religion, people try and, you know, discuss some of these stories, but they kind of emphasize, you know, the importance of knowledge in the first place. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to, you know, increase our knowledge and hopefully you guys, yeah. you know, people who have not heard these stories before. So I think, yeah, I think it, it's still, like I said, like we can
1: learn from these stories. Yeah. You can still, we definitely can assess the fact that we're living in an information, information in age. You know, age. And we've, we continuously see, you know, how important information is in every part of life. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, yo. Word. Straight facts. Okay, so my story, um, my second story is from the Cuba people of Central Africa and the Demo- Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, so, it says that in the beginning, there was Umbombo, the creator, along with water and darkness. Umbombo or Bomba, um, as he is called in the Bushongo tradition, is said to be a giant white-colored figure who had been ill for millions of years. And the reason why he was ill was because of his incurable loneliness. Um, so sad. Yes, yes. Cue the... <laughs> so, finally, because of his sickness, he vomited... And produced the sun, which created light and day. This then caused the water to dry, creating land. Mumbo threw up again and made the moon (laughs) and the stars. (laughs) Some gastroenteritis going on here, which divided day and night. And then, that was not enough. Another one. He threw up again and out came nine animals. I think he needs some fluid receptors. He needs some. some you need some drugs, some medication. Mm. Um, uh, came out, nine, out came nine animals. Um, so a leopard called koi bomba, um, a crested eagle called ponga bomba, a crocodile called ganda bomba, a fish called yo bomba, a tortoise called Kono Bomba, heron called Nyani bomba, goat called budi, <laughs> a scarab, <laughs> it's not a bomba, it's not, it's it's not a bomba. <laughs> So they just had to. They are like, like you know what
0: they Yeah, you are just goats. They yeah, are goats. <laughs> oh <laughs> my class, class, guys. Sorry. Sorry about these guys.
1: And a black cat like animal that would eventually become lightning. Seed. Called Seed Seed Bomber. Sorry, guys. This is going show that. i just all over the place. All over. The first heron created more birds. The crocodile created more reptiles and serpents. The goats made horned beasts and the fish made other kinds of fish um, and the beetle made um, insects an iguana produced by the crocodile made creatures without horns along with the animals diced carrots for some reason were produced and eventually humans
0: so we were we were made after diced carrots diced carrots are more important <laughs> that anybody that's had diced carrots knows you know the truth you know the truth you can't play with diced carrots no you can't what, what is more reliable your diced carrots or your human being I will go with the carrots. You gotta go with the carrots or don't even spoil if you leave them out. Sorry. Just, just you know, I'm gonna continue. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: So Mbombo had, Mbombo had three sons um who finished the world once most of the animals were created. The first son, god. Iyonye... In Ghana, tried to make white ants by vomiting them into existence, but died soon after. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, that's sad, that's sad. In his honor, the ants burrowed deep underground, looking for dark soil to bury him in. Um, They found it and brought the soil to the surface to transform the barren deserts into what is now the earth's surface.
0: Mm.
1: Chonganda, the second son, made a plant that gave life to all other trees and plants, and the third son, um, Chedi Bomber created the final bird, the kite.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So Tsitsi Bomber became so troublesome that Mbombo had to chase her away from the land and into the sky where she became lightning. However, she continued to strike the earth in her frustration. Mbombo showed humans how to create fire from the trees, telling them that all trees contain the fire within them. When everything on earth had been created, Mbombo retreated to the heavens and gave all his creations over over to humans to govern. Um, He also left the first man called Lokoyima to serve as God on earth. The woman of the waters in Chenge lived in the east and her son Woto became the first king of the Kuba people. Woto, first king of Bushango, moved to the west with his children away from his mother. There they dyed their skins black and change their language by laying medicine on their tongues. That's really interesting.
0: I thought, even across most of the stories we've discussed today, it's very interesting how there's always like a single creator who just like sees, you know, the universe and is like, I'm all alone. Yeah. What that tells us that, you know, humans, in gen, we all value just companionship. The fact that we have to, we, we all kind of rationalize, oh, yeah, the reason why the creator. You know, made earth, made all these things was because he was alone. Yeah. that means that you know we think okay, being alone is is not necessarily always, <laughs> you know, it's necessarily always a good thing. And we value we just value each other's company a lot. Um, so that really comes through in most of the stories that we've we've told. And also the com the similarities with um you know Abrahamic religions like Christianity, it's it's the same when you think about um the way you know God created. God said you know let there be light, yeah. and um yeah created created Mm -hmm. you know the world as as we as we knew it so very interesting
1: yeah i think another thing i found um interesting was that it seems they heavily support the concept of evolution in this story because um if you look at um the first creature animals only nine and Mm -hmm. then those nine animals then you know kind of evolved into different species of animals as well so Mm -hmm. they seem to have really um, valued, you know, because of the concept of, like, evolution. You
0: know? And it makes sense. I mean, I feel like a lot of African cultures, we have a very strong um, connection to the land. And a lot of our um, traditional religions are very adaptable and very much rooted in, you know, change and flexibility. So it makes sense that we would embrace um, evolution. You know, it's all, about, it's all about change. It's all about progression. It's all about kind of imp- improvements, basically. Yeah. So it makes sense that w- we would do that. And it's interesting how, I don't know, you look at the way things, you know, speaking as a Nigerian, you look at the way some things are today. Um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the belief systems that we are embracing these days don't really allow for much flexibility. We can be quite, you know, rigid in... You I don't know, think it's a problem thinking. with the
1: belief system. I think it's was a problem with the way... We maybe applying 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 the belief systems. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. It's it's definitely yeah, no. It's I mean even when we're seeing things like oh you know the positive and negative aspects of, um things like um just any all religions. I think of the it does come back to come down to humans' interpretation of these of (laughs) of all of these um you know doctrines, all of these and practices. So yeah, that's really interesting. So that's that. That's on that. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of Nobi Juju, the African Mythology Podcast you never knew Need. you needed. Yes, I said it again. I did. Um because yeah, there are other African Mythology podcasts, but we believe that this this is the one for you guys. This is the one specially catered to you whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. You do. You didn't need no hey eh, he said you didn't knew. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. We need like a bagel counter in this day. Yeah, we're going to have a shell counter, a bagel <laughs> counter. The number of times we just don't know how to speak English. We just need to keep track. Keep track. Keep count um so yeah we're really interested in hearing what you guys thought about this episode if there are anything that you felt like we left out or anything you felt were maybe you know inaccurate we are very open to learning as we said it's a journey for us as much as it may be for you guys um and um just pop us an email at mbjpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at
1: mbjpodcast and you can mention us um, in any thoughts that you may have please pop
0: correct us in love and kindness and kindness love and light love and light he's beautiful he's awesome sorry please and so to close without further ado we have
1: um, our African adage of the day today's adage is from Guinea and it says knowledge without wisdom is like water in the sand thank you very much for listening guys have a great week bye